calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Sidewalk Audio and PatioBooks.com presents The Prince of Hazel and Oak A podcast novel by John Lenahan Book 2 of the Shadow Magic series Read by the author Chapter 11 Essa Essa and I circled to the right. This time, as she addressed her class, she never took her eyes off me. You will probably have almost double the reach of anyone wielding a sword. If your opponent sets up too close, Essa nodded, inviting me closer. Then give him a reminder that you are carrying a long stick. With the clickest of flicks, she tapped my blade out of position and poked me hard in the chest with her stick. Hey! I shouted, stepping back and rubbing my chest. You told me to step in. And if your opponent is stupid enough to do what you tell him to do, make sure you take advantage of that. The crowd laughed. I forced a smile onto my face and stopped rubbing the place where she had hit me, even though it still really hurt. Once you have set the proper fighting distance, your opponent will be forced to attack your stick, not you. I could see her point, but I wasn't going to play her game, and I certainly didn't want to stand there and swipe at a stick. I decided to make my first attack deep to the body, the kind of advance that would be dangerous to ignore. I bounced forward and backward on my toes, made a short backhand fake that brought her stick out of position, and then lunged with a full forearm cut to the body. Without what seemed any movement of her legs at all, Essa instantly backed out of reach. I had forgotten just how fast that girl moved. Her stick, lightly engaged with the leading edge of my moving sword, circled around it and then pushed it away. By the time I got control, my arm was way across my body and my weapon was nowhere near where it should have been. Essa slid one hand to the middle of her stick and swung the base of her banta into my kidney. It dropped me to one knee. Usually I would not have counterattacked so soon in the match, she said. As all of you should know by now, the golden rule is to parry and retreat until you can assess what your opponent's favorite attack is. I have a bit of an advantage with the prince. I already know his favorite attack. Essa came over to where I was still on one knee. As she helped me to my feet, she whispered, Miss me? 
I was still wondering if I would ever be able again to pass water with that kidney when she flowed back into her on-guard position and asked, Ready? I held up my hand for a time out and stepped in close to her. Do you think maybe I should have some protective clothing? Oh, Connor, it's only a stick. You've got a great big sword. Yeah, but you could poke my eye out. I promise I won't hit you in the head, she said, even though it's such a large target. I tried to remember some old saying about a woman scorned, but I didn't have time. She started circling again, this time to my left, and she was doing that figure of eight spinning thing with her banta that I'd seen a raft do. Staring at it, combined with a pain in my side, made me feel a bit woozy. I decided that maybe S's students shouldn't be the only ones paying attention to her tutorial, so I attacked the stick. I just stuck my blade into the whirling thing. She flipped into a counterattack to my left side. Fortunately, I was ready for it and brought my sword up into a high, backhanded parry. When she saw the steel coming, she checked her swing and bounced back into her home position. Well done, princess, came a shout from one of the people in the crowd. I took a couple more swipes of the stick, and every time pretty much the same thing happened. She would make light contact and attempt a counterattack, but we would pull back at the last second to avoid her wood being damaged by my steel. S's bravado, the bruises on my chest and side, her cheering peanut gallery, and the fact that she was the second best stick fighter I had ever seen had initially made me feel like I was the underdog in this fight, but I was starting to remember that I had the sword. I had the better weapon. I took another swipe at her banta, but this time when she attempted her counterattack, I stepped in and took a full-power cut. My sword made hard contact with the top of her stick. If I had been using the lawnmower, I would have sliced that bit clean off. This dull thing stuck halfway into the wood. As Essa pulled back, I felt the tug and quickly twisted my pommel. I heard the crack as about ten inches of her weapon spun into the air. Essa backed and circled. The same voice from the crowd called out, Not to worry, princess. The way the guy said princess made me feel like it wasn't a title as much as a term of endearment. As Essa inspected her weapon, I stole a glance to see who the cheerleader was. It was the banshee she had been sparring with earlier. While she was readjusting to the new length of her stick, I moved in a step and began my trademarked low sword attack. That's where I keep my blade low and then swipe upward using my natural ability to bob and weave my head out of the way. I should note that every fighting and fencing teacher has told me that this is a very bad idea, but it usually unnerves my opponent the first time they see it, and I'm pretty sure I never did it when Essa was around. It worked, too. She backed up fast, but before she ran out of room, she took a full baseball swing to my head that made me hit the ground with a roll. Hey! I shouted as I jumped back to my feet. You promised not to hit me in the head. If you are just going to hang your face there, I can't resist to take a pop at it. Good one, Essa, the banshee shouted. The crowd was getting pretty worked up, and from the sounds of it, I wasn't the hometown team. It's dangerous when emotions creep into a practice fight, and at that moment, I wanted to kill the girl of my dreams. From the look in her eyes, my love wanted to do the same thing. I should have called it off right then and there. Instead, I modified my attack. While 
Protecting my face, I succeeded in backing Essa into her cheering section. Just as she was about to run out of room, she did it. I knew she would. I knew she couldn't resist showing off for her pupils. She launched herself straight up and over my head and attempted to grind her banta into my shoulder as she pole vaulted over me. But I was ready for it. When she was directly over my head, I dropped to the ground and rotated my upper body to the right. Her pole made contact with nothing but air. The self-satisfied smile on her face vanished as she realized she didn't have enough leverage to complete her somersault. She instantly went from graceful gymnast to flailing circus clown and landed hard on her back. I stood up and turned to the silenced audience. I know some of my opponent's favorite attacks, too. My delivery of that line didn't do as well as when Essa used it. I think it was safe to say that this crowd didn't like me much. After rolling onto all fours and taking a few quick breaths, Essa stood, and the look on her face made me realize I had gone way too far. I lowered my sword and was about to call stop when that damn banshee shouted, You're not going to let him get away with that, are you, princess? Essa dropped right back into fighting mode and came at me with a series of short, fast swings that got me backpedaling. I didn't want this fight anymore. I... I didn't mean to humiliate her in front of her students. I just wanted to sit with her and ask her how she was and tell her how much I missed her, but her stick just kept on coming. One swipe came so close to my nose that I smelled the sap in the timber. I finally parried a cut hard and my sword once again stuck in the wood. As she tried to pull it free, I stepped in. She was forced close. I don't think I'd ever seen her this mad before, and I'd seen Essa pretty mad. Come on, princess. You can take this fairy. Who, I asked Essa, her face inches from mine, is the banshee with the big mouth? Essa grunted, and with all of her strength, she threw me back, disengaging our weapons. That, she said, while assuming a very menacing crouch, would be my fiancé. What? I stood straight up and dropped my guard. I looked directly into her eyes to see if she was serious. That's probably why I didn't see the stick before it connected with my head. In movies, people wake up from concussions and then feel their head like the pain comes as a surprise. That's not how it works. The pain comes way before you open your eyes, and if you have had as much experience with involuntary unconsciousness as I have, you delay opening your eyes for as long as possible, because that's when the second wave of hurt arrives. So as I lay there, the first thing I noticed was the pain. Then I worked on the basics. Who was I? Connor O'Neill. Good. If you don't know that one, you're in trouble. Where was I? Scranton? No. Tiernanog. Okay, how did I end up out cold and flat on my back? Essa. Essa hit me. She said she wouldn't, but she did. I'd been looking for Essa. Where did I find her? The Hazel Lands, and she wasn't as happy to see me as I thought she would be. In fact, she seemed downright mad at me. I felt... A cold compress land on my forehead. The blessed cold ratcheted down the pain level a couple of notches. 
Well, she couldn't be that mad at me, I thought. If she's willing to nurse me, she must be feeling bad for hitting me in the head. I reached up and placed my hand on her hand. So why did she hit me? It was an accident. I dropped my guard. Why did I do that? I shot straight up in bed and shouted, You're engaged! I am not, said a startled and still blurry face in front of me. You have been listening to The Prince of Hazel and Oak, a podcast novel by John Lenehan. Music gratefully provided by Lunasa. You can hear more of their fabulous music at www.lunasa.ie. That's L-U-N-A-S-A dot I-E. You can learn more about Shadow Magic and its author on www.shadowmagic.co.uk. Thank you so much for listening. Shadow Magic, book one of this series, is available from HarperCollins in paperback, EPUB, and Kindle formats.